what am I doing? What is this? And that was it. I, I quit. And the next day, I remember, you know, it was like two weeks later, I woke up on that Monday and I sat down at my home office and Dal and I got on our, our Monday our morning first, kickoff our call. First call. And it was like, all right, we're, what do we do? <laughs> Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast, inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third-generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Welcome back to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. This is the only podcast that shares origin stories of local entrepreneurs, business owners, and influencers so that you can be inspired and get to know your neighbors better. So thank you for joining us and tell your friends. Be sure to subscribe so you have the latest episode ready for your listening pleasure. Today, guys, I have two young entrepreneurs here who are actually on their second business together and providing us with fresh and healthy meal choices. So welcome Dallin Bernard and Chris Perrette of Prepped and Social Hustle to the show. Thank you for having us. Glad to be here. Yeah. So um, we, I'm excited to be able to track you guys down. I have seen so much happening on social and, and through the grapevine around Prepped. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing with Prepped and then we'll talk about Social Hustle. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take it from there. Thank you. Prepped has been an absolute whirlwind. I'd say the first thing about it is it really just started from this desire to have good food, to be able to eat healthy. You know, Dallin and I, I think back, we were cooking in his mom's kitchen, what, like six months ago? Mm -hmm. And we had like lined up a hundred meals that we had, we had made for us and for his family. And it was covering a countertop. It was covering just every single flat space in our house. And eventually we kind of looked at each other and it's like, well, what are we doing here? Like, there are other people that probably want this, other people that could probably, Now, wait you know, a minute. You weren't doing that in preparation for the, um, for prep. No. You were just cooking. That right. was for two or three families. Yeah. Uh -huh. And, you know, everyone's like, yeah, we're interested in meal prepping. Everyone kind of, you know, we went through this wave of like, let's all get a little healthier. And it turned into, you know, we really need to be meal prepping if we're trying to do this because the options around here for healthy meals are, you know, slim to none. This especially. was your light bulb moment. Yeah. And so, um, and kind of, I think, you know, we had talked about previously, this was the first time that we had been, you know, cooking in a kitchen and realized like, holy smokes, like we just cooked, it was like 180 servings or something. It was in an my insane mom's amount kitchen. of food. Um, and so that was the first time I actually had seen like Chris in action. He loves to cook. You know, he always talks about it. You know, he's, he uh, bought me a birthday present to, for a steak cooking school one time. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yes. so he loves to cook. And that was my first time seeing Chris in action of, you know, like I would never have thought I struggled to put together four servings at dinner time with all the preparation in the world. <laughs> and we busted out 172 individual containers for like 10 different people and said we would never do it for those people. Again. You know, I think maybe the real idea started is because we were like, we're not doing this for free anymore. Yeah, right? You know, right. we just spent five hours in the kitchen here um, or even even longer. I mean, I, I remember we had this this pot from your mom that was like four feet tall that had that sweet potato goulash in it. And I remember like reaching with like a three foot spoon trying to turn this thing oh, yeah. for like 60 servings in a pot. Yeah. Luckily, my mom loves to cook and has, you know, she loves she to has, host parties and uh, stuff. Yeah. And so with that, I mean, we we're, almost, we're almost operating in an industrial <laughs> kitchen. And so without Pretty that, close. it wouldn't have even been possible. So Chris, tell me a little bit about that. Are you a chef? Are you trained as a chef? Like how did cooking even become something that you are interested in? Right, so when I was, I mean, 12, 13, I've just, I've always loved to make food. And originally it was always around sweets and treats and delicacies and cakes and puddings and cheesecakes. And 
that does not do your body very good over a long period of time. <laughs> and, you know, at a young age, that, that took an impact on my body, took an impact on my size. And as I got older, I continued to cook. I loved to cook. But I learned how to provide my body fuel rather than just, uh, you know, satisfaction. And it was kind of as I got older that I really started to make good, clean food and to try to take control of like so my you really self-taught. You figured this 100%. All out. I have no, I've never been to a class other than like watching Gordon Ramsay on Chopped or not on Chopped, on MasterChef. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. it. That's about all the training I've ever had. Yeah. That's pretty amazing then. Did you have any idea what you were getting into? No. <laughs> I, I think other than the experience we had at your mom's uh, house, I mean, that mm -hmm. was really... Yeah, and Chris is, as his title says, Chief of Recipe Development, I believe, right? And uh, so he puts together a lot of the recipes from his like knowledge of food, but we also have Brie, who yep. is uh, the third partner in Prepped. And um, she is, you know, went to school for nutrition, is a personal trainer, has a degree in a few different food-related things, yep. has taken cooking classes, and she's actually our head chef. And so she's the one in the kitchen and gets credit for cooking a lot of the meals. You know, um, we it definitely was... You know, Chris and Brie cooking a lot of meals in Chris's kitchen when prep was first starting because we were trying to test out those recipes, see if what we were thinking about was even possible. Um, and so, you know, she gets all the credit now. She is, you know, in the kitchen cooking up all, you know, we have a few other, um, you know, line cooks that help her out. But she's the one in there cooking yeah. most of the meals. Um, and then her and Chris together are, you know, develop the recipes that we had around, you know, she actually, or her previous job, she you knows full-time at Prepped. Her previous job was personal training and developing meal plans for people, and that's actually how Chris and Bree met. Connected, I think, right? yeah. So she was my she was my personal trainer at Gold's, and we just I always talked about work with her because I worked at Social Hustle, and so I'd always talk about what were we doing at this company that that I ran with Dallin, and we started to talk and kind of found that there was an opportunity to bring in someone that knew nutrition at an intricate level. I understood it from the basics of, you know, eating less and, and watching Chris, what you tell eat. you what tastes good. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. What tastes good. That's me. <laughs> and Brie, she was able to take what I loved and what tasted good and really refine it into what, what was sustainable. Meals that we could serve every week, food that you could eat regularly and you wouldn't get sick of. And yeah. is healthy. More yes. than, more than yeah. like doesn't hurt you, is healthy. I mean, a lot of the the dishes are, I mean, 7 to 15 grams of fat inside of this dish that anyone would love like you know my dad is an idaho steak and potatoes guy but he he can eat one of these meals and he you know is feels full and it's actually like really good for him which is extremely difficult to do so i think it takes both you know to have flavor while also being full that's why most of us you know uh resort to like mcdonald's before, yeah right? right like it instantly like tastes so and, good mm -hmm. but you know you have like you could spend the same amount of money at mcdonald's and probably be at 100 grams of fat or more. He's, yeah. and, you know? So, so tell me how this actually works, guys. Is it something that I can just walk in off of the street and, and because I didn't make dinner that night, there's meals that are prepared that I can take home. Is this a subscription type of thing? Is it both? Explain the details of that. Yeah, so it's both. Um, so first off, the we love having people who um, become members of Prep because you get discounted meals. And that is basically, as you're referring to, as a subscription. You say, I know that I need four meals a week, every week, or I know I need six or 10 or whatever the number is. We'll, we'll deliver even in some commercial instances, 25 or 50 meals to bring to a business and set in your fridge, right? And it's basically just a subscription of meals. So you can do it that way. You get meals for a little cheaper. If you, you know, if you were to walk in store and not be a member of Prepped, you pay $11 for one of the meals, which is still like a fantastic price. Um, but if you're a member, you could get meals all the way down to $8.50. And you could pick those meals up in store 
you know, once or twice a week. Um, if you want your meals to be really, really fresh, say you get 10 meals a week and you really want them to be fresh and it's only for you, it's not for like a big family. You could choose two delivery or pickup days to make sure that you get five meals at the first of the week and then five meals towards the end of the so week. So when you say delivery, like you're bringing that to my house? Yeah, so we have a prepped van. You may have seen it around town. It has a beautiful wrap, in my opinion, because uh, we're the ones that, that designed <laughs> of it. Of course. Um, and so, um, yes, you can. We will deliver it to your doorstep or wherever. I think we have some people that actually have them delivered to their place of business. Yeah. Um, it's in a box. It has a mylar insulated lining. It's got an ice pack inside of it. And these meals will go good. We've tested it. I mean, eight to, you know, six, seven, eight hours. Um, you know, and that's in the summertime right now. I yeah, mean, in the wintertime, they're probably going to get so colder while week? they're on your doorstep. <laughs> or if I'm worried about that, then I can just swing by and get them. Yep, we have What's it. your delivery area? Like, how far do you go? So our, our, our location, um, Preps, is located on South Hit Road, just right across from Chick-fil-A, right next to Jimmy John's. Um, and so if, if you were to just drop a pin right there, we'll go, you know, up um, towards Rigby, all the way to the, um, what's the bridge that we go to? Lorenzo Bridge. The Lorenzo Bridge is our cutoff in the Rigby direction. And then right now our farthest direction um, in, you know, towards like to the Shelley area is probably about as far as you would go. But it's a 15 mile radius or so from, you know, right where we're located. When you um, begin, I know that I was on the original mailing list that you sent out. If you're interested in being a member, mm -hmm. Here you go. I didn't get in soon enough. I got, you know, I tried and it was like, sorry, you missed it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that brutal. Those are my words. But basically, do you cap your membership? Uh, we, so, we did it first. Yeah, right? we did. I mean, when we launched, we sold out with, it was like three hours. Mm -hmm. It was it was insanely fast. We just hit capacity. And we ended up having to buy more cooking equipment. We had to hire three additional line cooks. And now we're able to open it up. But when we launched, we wanted to ensure that as many people signed up would get quality, clean, healthy food. And so we put a cap just to protect what we were providing. You probably didn't really know what you were going to get in the beginning. We had no idea. I this mean, was just like, a jump we, in. But, you know, we had a lot of people that kind of like pre-registered, it sounds like, what you did as well. And so we had an idea of how many people had done that. You know, we had maybe 200 people that had filled that out, you know, before we had launched. And we had no idea what our conversion rate was going to be of those people that filled that out that said they were interested, you know, and it ended up being pretty good. I mean, I remember... We were up until like two in the morning the night before, you know, Chris, Christian as well, like members of our team were up till two o'clock. Even, you know, Ryan, one of our, our web developers, he lives in Florida and it was 2 a.m. in Idaho and Ryan had just wow. recently been doing stuff for us. And this was before the night before we were going into launch. And so the next morning, you know, we wake up and of course we've set our phone so that we get, you know, notifications as soon as, you know, stuff comes in. You know, the, so the Facebook posts go live and it's like new order, new order, new order. It was like order. every 60 seconds. <laughs> we were just, I've, we've got a screenshot saved where my inbox is as tall as the screenshot. Every single email is a new order. And so it was very relieving, but also we limited. So, you know, if we want to talk marketing as well, we limited the launch for two reasons. Is one, we wanted, we wanted to hear from some people like you who were like, I missed out. I didn't get in, you yeah, know, and like, yeah. I really want to get in and next time. And I have time. this FOMO. And our theory, our yeah. theory is that now, once you have the ability to get in, maybe you do more meals than you would have before, right? If you were going to just try us out for four, and there's a lot of companies that do this in like the apparel industry, um, to where they just do a launch. If you don't buy, you know, on the launch and you come like out even hours later or days later, weeks later, sometimes there's only extra smalls and extra larges left, you know, the, right. the, the average sizes are gone. And so it really builds, it's, it's got me before. I'll tell the story of Sour Strips candy. <laughs> so I love sour candy and uh, there's this company, Sour Strips. And I followed uh, the owner of the business on YouTube. He's like a fitness YouTuber. And 
you know, we both love sour candy and he saw this need. He said there wasn't really a lot of sour candy that he liked at the grocery. You know, his vlogs were always in at the grocery store and like bummed that he's And you're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I agree 100%. And so <laughs> he started a sour candy company called Sour Strips and it's completely launch based. And so for, you know, two weeks, you see what the new flavors are that are coming out. And then on, you know, Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time, there's a launch. And I have missed that launch before. And there was one time that I bought $162 in sour candy on this website because I'm like, it was, you know, it was like right before the holiday season. I'm like, I'm buying this for friends and family. I want to make sure I still have bags of sour candy in my, in my, at my house. And so, um, because of that, you know, we wanted to, that kind of be the perception, yeah. but I'd say the majority, it was just like straight fear that, you know, we were going to get too many people or, you know, something was going to go wrong and, you know, we wouldn't be prepared for it. And so that's why we, you know, capped it at 50. So creating this, did you kind of feel the buzz that this was going to be that type of a, I mean, I understand you were tentatively hopeful, but did you kind of feel the buzz that this was going to be a thing? I I would say that that's twofold. You know, one part of the buzz came from the desire to have food that was fresh. Mm -hmm. You can, you can order from a dozen online meal providers, but they provide one of two things. It's either frozen meals that you heat up or it's unprepared food. You're going to get raw ingredients that you have to cook. The difficulty is that there isn't an easy way to get meals that were cooked 24 hours ago that are not frozen and can easily be heated up. And so everybody that we spoke with had an interest in that specific piece of the market where I would love to know that this was made yesterday. And so we got a lot of excitement, a lot of energy around that, as well as there is nobody in Idaho Falls that offers fresh, healthy food like this. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's you know both unable to buy it from the large you know nationwide audience and two, you can't get it locally. That's why, I mean, I was so excited to be able to offer that. And yeah, we had people signing up all the time. And so yeah. it really grew into its own market segment, if you yeah. will. And I think yeah. we are blessed to be in Idaho because people here uh, love to support local businesses, right? Like it's a great area. There's some places that it's not that way. You know, it doesn't matter if you're down the road. If you can't compete with somebody, you know, shipping things in from California, New York, then I'm. it doesn't matter. Right. And so I know that we, you know, I felt that people are like, Yes, I, I've been doing this, but I would love to know that I'm buying it from a company here in town. And yeah, so like, that's why we yeah. put a huge state of Idaho on the side of our boxes. So everybody, knows. I can't tell you how much that means too. Like to see people, they're like, "You guys are here locally. I'm going to cancel what I'm doing now just to support you." Like the amount of, it sounds silly, but the amount of trust, like that feels so scary. Yeah, it, <laughs> <laughs> but good. At the same time, very much so. It just it places a burden on us to make sure that we provide the absolute best. So you guys, I mean, it is a little bit surprising because you launched this hot in the middle of what we're doing with COVID. Yep. Yeah. And you probably had planned on doing this prior to the yeah, pandemic. I mean, it's, it, it was maybe like right when everything was started, when it was developing and we were doing a lot of like just delivering to friends and family and stuff. But um, I think that, you know, in everything Chris and I have been involved in, it's kind of like you get to a point where you have to, you've got to do it or you've like, or you're not going to, you know, you, you've got to reach a point where you risk it all and like make the decision, you know, and it's like, doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter how much time or effort or money this takes, like we're going to figure it out and we're going to do it. And so will I say like, yeah, there's definitely times where I'm like, oh shit, like another place got closed down and you know, like, yeah, right. You know, but at the same time it was like, there wasn't really, wasn't really another option. You know, it's kind of like, that sucks. You know, I hope we're still good. It wasn't like, you know, are we not going to do this? You know, we're the only thing I think we really thought about was 
are we legally going to be able to be open when our lease is executed in in um, in Idle Falls, right? Because then we got to start, you know, paying rent and, and building out the property and getting all of our kitchen equipment and stuff. And so the scariest part was to think we may invest all of this money and then not actually even be able to be open. Um, but because we have the delivery concept, we're confident. You know, the DoorDash and those delivery services, you could still get Pizza Hut delivered. You know, you could still get food like that. Yeah. So I think we we're fairly confident that you know, regardless. We we're going to be all right, but I mean, we really weren't giving it another option. Yeah, I mean, we, we've been working on this since February. Yeah. I mean, and then we spent three solid months in R&D sending out different meals, sending out different packaging, adjusting macros, adjusting seasoning. And so just like Dallin said, we got to the point where it's like we we're in this far enough that we're going to go for it. Yeah. And even amid COVID, even amid everything that's going on right now. If it's going to work, it's going to work. It'll work better when this isn't happening, but it's not going to not work because of it. Yeah. Well, I almost think it was perfect timing because for, for one, we were sick of cooking our own meals. Like it was like, please give us some other options. Yeah. Our families were begging for that as well. So I thought, I think it's perfect. So tell me a little bit about you two. How did you end up together in this and doing any kind of business together? Clearly, this is not your first Rodeo, you guys have been doing things together prior to this. Yeah. So how did the Dallin Chris connection even happen? Yeah. So um, I, I always knew that I wanted to be a business owner. Uh, my parents were business owners. You know, I saw how they were able. I think the coolest part about being a business owner is being able to help like those people around you. You know, I saw that friends and family members. And when I was in high school, I had a job. You know, like there's a lot of my friends that worked with my parents because their parents didn't own a business. And so to be able to help people, even if it's not friends in your family, you know, like now that Prep has a few employees that we have found purely just from posting that we need, you know, they're not connected to us in any way. I still feel like very proud of being able to help that person, give that person opportunity, right? And so that I think is what really drove me to want to be a business owner and the selfish reasons of like, you know, if I want to go take a vacation, you know, I don't have to ask for sick days. You know, yeah. actually, I, I think I still kind <laughs> just of come to me for I it. do. I have to ask Chris still. But, um, <laughs> and so uh, I always knew that's kind of the direction I wanted to go. Um, I, I started Idaho State after I graduated from high school. Um, I took a sports marketing class Are in high you school. an Idaho kid? Yeah, so I grew up in Rigby. Okay. Um, I graduated in 2009. Um, I took a sports marketing class in in high school, and I'm and that's kind of where I, gra- I got the grasp of, like, marketing and how, like, inter- marketing and entertainment kind of all, like, collide. So I knew I wanted something with marketing. I knew I wanted something with a lot of freedom. Um, I got a job cold calling at a digital marketing agency that was, you know, here in town back then. Everybody loves those people. And yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it was so straight out of high school, I did door to door sales, uh, which was slightly worse than cold calling. Um, And so I really, I think that I started about as, you know, it was only uphill from, from those two first jobs. Um, But I'll, I wouldn't change it for the world because it taught me a lot of sales skills that I wouldn't have had, you know, otherwise. Um, came back to Idaho, um, did Idaho state for one semester. And I was like, it's college life. It's not for not me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, I don't see the point of all of this, but also I knew that I was not fundamentally, you know, I did not have the foundation of what somebody to run a large business would be able to do. Right. I, I would, I thought at that point, with my skill set, I could probably grow a business to a certain degree, but I would not have had the experience of like working with big businesses and, and big corporations and stuff. So um, I had an opportunity to work for a company in California that was a, um, they were a software company, but they needed a digital marketer. And so that job that I had doing cold call and sales, um, you know, I worked with that company that was in California. They, you know, that's how I kind of made the connection. They offered me a job, you know, want you to be a project manager just for us. 
And I looked at that as like an opportunity at college. Yeah, and right? you're learning like, this, on the job. This company's got 300 plus employees. They're in the Silicon Valley. It's a software company. You know, they're huge. We had clients, GoPro and DirecTV and, you know, Beats by Dre, all the biggest companies. And so to be there, first off, I think they had no idea how like, you know, just raw I was, you know, <laughs> I went in there thinking that I knew, knew I didn't know anything and then was immediately confirmed that I didn't know anything when I was in there. And so I bluffed my way through that job for four years, three years. And um, through that job, it's weird, through that job, Chris was working for um, a marketing agency okay. at that software company. And under my advisory, we hired and Chris was the project manager. And did you know Chris prior to that? So we went to high school. Chris was about two yeah. years younger than me in high school. And, but, you know, just in rugby, you know, that's, it's, it's different. You know, you're not in high school for four years, you're only in the high school for three years, right? And so, yeah. I mean, I remember seeing Chris in the hallway. You know, Chris had a twin sister. So, like, I know them, you know, they're twins. But not really but much more than that. Like, I, I can't remember. We've talked about it a bit, but I don't remember ever even having a conversation, but I knew who he was. Like, I knew of Dallin, but that, that's about the extent of it. Isn't that funny? And then the and world brought you right back together. Yeah, right. and so, and I had worked in a lot of relationships with the software company, with agencies like the one that Chris was at. And I was very impressed with Chris, just specifically. And I had now reached the point at this, um, you know, this job at, with, with this software company that I was felt like I was ready to now start doing digital marketing, which I was doing for this one company for other businesses. So that's when I started Social Hustle. And I was probably about a year into Social Hustle when I said, you know, Chris, like, you know, it's just me right now. This is the vision that I have, you know. Um, I was very good at explaining digital marketing. You know, I'm very good at helping businesses understand their options and, you know, in a very clear way. I've had a lot of people tell me, like, we've had this conversation a hundred times and I've never fully understood what anyone was telling me, but now I do. But when it comes to actually doing all of that stuff, <laughs> I need someone <laughs> like Chris, right? I am, I can explain things, but when it comes to the nitty gritty, and especially when it comes to marketing and operations and data, like that is, Chris is, is uh, you know, like amazingly talented. So you complimented talented. each other very nicely. Very, very yeah. much so, right? And I, yeah. I think that's what you need to find in a business partner, right? Yeah. If Chris and I are both great salesmen, we probably would have a ton of clients that stay with us for three or four months and realize, you know, they got, they got took and nobody's actually doing any work over there and, and left. Right. And so it, it is, you know, um, you know, I, we, and we both get on sales calls together because I think Chris has a very, we, we hear it. He has a very calming, soothing voice. I think sometimes I get excited about things. And I explain things and people are kind of like, okay, oh, like, like let's ground this a little bit. You know, I'd love to hear if there's actual some tangible things we can take from this. Um, so yeah, I think we complement each other very well. And then, so that was, I mean, seven years ago or six years ago or something yeah, like that. Yeah, just about that. Um, and so that's when Social Hustle started making a serious, like, let's grow as a company. Because for about a year, it was like, I have this, you know, this plush job this at the software company. Gig. I have the side gig and make a little bit of money. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was, you know, I was 20 years old in San Francisco, 21 years old in San Francisco, and like was having the time of my life and was not being super serious about growing Social Hustle. Uh, but it got to a point where, you know, same thing. I was not able to help any of my friends. I wanted to go do something or travel somewhere. My friends are like, I got to work, you know? And I'm like, that sucks. Like, we should be able to we should be able to do what we want. And so, mm -hmm. you know, we're all mature enough to be able to handle handle our jobs, handle our days, you know, but we don't shouldn't be answering to these people like this, you know? And so I uh, wanted to get serious with Social Hustle. Chris came on, and then ever since then, you know, we've both quit our jobs, both full-time Social Hustle. And I think um, the idea that of Social Hustle becoming a digital marketing agency was our first goal. But our secondary goal was creating this marketing agency that we, we could then start other companies and plug it into. Like Prepped, Social Hustle has, you know, I mean, the minds behind Social Hustle are what came up with the entire business model and found the market and built the website and do all the content creation and all the marketing, all the graphic design. And so Social Hustle is now this engine that we can 
help other businesses like auto shops and lawyers and you know anybody that sells products online. But also, if we come up with any sort of idea ourselves, then you we can, can plug it into Social yeah. Hustle and the system that we have. So, Chris, tell me a little bit about your side of this story. Was yeah. it a risk when Dallin approached you and said, hey, come join Social Hustle with me? Is that something you were like, yeah, I totally see? Or was it like, oh, I'm be not honest. sure? The, f- <laughs> the first offer was, hey, Chris, will you do this for free? I have no idea if we're going to make any money. Yeah. They're not paying me. That's right. The first client was completely commission-based. And I said, I just sold a commission-based agreement, and I don't know how to and do anything. And I can't do it. <laughs> Can I convince you to join me on this? Well, yeah. Dallin, that was bold. Yeah, I mean, a wise salesman <laughs> once told me, get the credit card number, and we'll figure it out later. And so I employed that here strategy you are. right yeah. there. So I remember I was, uh, I think I was just wrapping up college, and I was I was sitting at my apartment, and I was uh, I was working at this marketing agency still, and and I get this call from Dallin, and I remember thinking, crap, what's wrong with the account? Because I was I was yeah, his account you manager. Yeah, this was a business thing. Yep. And uh, and then we get on the call, and he's like, so I did this thing, and we just start talking about it, and I, you know, he he sold me, and I, I loved working with that company. I've always Dallin, loved. Dallin, you are a salesman. Oh, that's. <laughs> That's no maybe doubt. It, the only thing I bring to the table, but as long as I really bring it, that's enough. That's right. You're paying it's, the bills. You know, so I remember we, we started this this agreement with this company we were working with. The very first one that Dal and I worked on together in the first client of Social Hustle. And that just did extremely well. Over, over the course of years, it went from hundreds in sales to tens of millions of dollars in sales wow. with this one client. Wow. Yeah, and they're still a client to this day. They are, yeah. They are oldest and, and just an amazing I guess that commission paid off. It did. Uh, we, <laughs> we're, fun fact, we worked ourselves out of that commission agreement. There was some months where... Because they were like, of, no way. They're like, we cannot continue. Literally, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not lying. They were like, yeah. we cannot continue to pay you guys this much money. We've got to like rework this yeah. and figure this yeah. out. It You're was like, okay. over three months and it took them like two years two to years pay to us pay back. The balance of what this the balance of what those three months commission we did. <laughs> well, that's very impressive, you guys. I think that's awesome. How fun. And so during that time, I, you know, I came... A little bit from a much more technical background, I would say. You know, just to complement what Dallin did, I I spent the time working there as a account manager. I worked with uh, Mel Luca here locally as a business analyst for their website. I worked as an IT project manager out at the INL, and so I really got the chance to learn a lot of that technical side. And then when we were ready, and Dallin, I remember he called me and he said, "Chris, I need you to quit your job." <laughs> and we were, I, I'm married, you know, I've got my wife and I was working, I'd get up at 6 a.m., I'd work from 6 to 8, I'd get to my job, I'd take my lunch break, I'd work during my lunch break, and then as soon as I got off, I was usually working till midnight every night. And Dallin said, Chris, it's not enough, I need you to quit. And so I went to my wife and we sat down and I was like, honey, I think I'm going to quit my job. And she was like, she loved, she loved, my <laughs> loved it. She called me up and thanked me. <laughs> Did that actually happen? And uh, no, she she cried. She was t- sorry. She was terrified. Yeah. Absolutely terrified. Yeah. Um, she had some real, real health complications that had cost us tens of thousands of dollars to take care of over the past few years. And the thought of leaving the INL and the the security and the health plan that yeah, they have right. terrifying was terrifying. And uh, so I thought about it and I talked about it and I prayed about it and I did everything that you humanly could to do. And I decided that I believed in what we were doing. And I quit my job that same week. Wow. (laughs) And so I went and I told my boss and he said, Chris, 
I, I, you should probably hold off. And I was like, I, I don't have a choice. <laughs> He's like, you should probably hold off. And I was like, I, I don't have a choice. And I, I found out that, you know, I had, uh, there was a Christmas bonus that was coming up that had been cut that morning that they were going to give us that afternoon. And I turned in my resignation, and so they went and they shredded the check. <gasps> it didn't uh, happen. <laughs> it did. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, I called down. I was like, dude. And it, it, by far, that check is, I mean, we've, we've gone past that so many times over. But it was, sure. it was another. It would have been cool to do it 12 hours later. Right. That's long. exactly what we did. <laughs> but it was another piece. I was like, what am I doing? What is this? And that was it. I, I quit. And the next day, I remember, you know, it was like two weeks later, I woke up on that Monday and I sat down at my home office, and Dal and I got on our, our Monday our morning first, kickoff our call. first call. And it was like, all right, what, what, do, we do? what do we do? It was just truly a leap of faith. Uh, yeah. I mean, we had built some amazing clients, some amazing partnerships over that time. And really, truly, the, the biggest thing that Dal and I, and I have always said is whatever it takes to make it right we're going to do what's right. And they deserved more. They yeah. deserved more of our time. And they deserved me to be completely dedicated to their accounts. And that's really, I think, what did it is that we made promises and we made commitments. And I wanted to ensure that we made them happen. Yeah. Yeah. It was a conversation of, you know, going through our client list and being like, I don't feel like these guys, you know, like if we check how many hours we put into their project, I feel like they should have gotten more last month. You know what yeah. I mean? And they're like, literally was no more time on, on the calendar you know so it's like that was really the only option i mean chris quit and we also hired multiple people right after that yeah. you know just because of the workload you're gonna make it happen you so, better jump yeah, in. I mean, i'm glad you brought that up because that really was it it was like we're never going to it's never going to be a better opportunity there's never going to be a time where it's needed more you know like we've we've told we either you got to tell this person i'm sorry we can't do you know what you've hired us to do or you know we've got to we've got to make a shift and that's really what it came down to. Yeah. Chris, was school, were you being trained in digital marketing? What was your um, Right, education? so I went to, uh, I got a degree in business management with okay. an emphasis in marketing. Okay. And, um, and I, you know, I went to school, I got that degree, and upon graduation, that's when I, I moved in and took a job over at Mel Luca, and that's got where I, I learned, lar- you know, big business e-commerce and, right. and, and big business uh, data analytics. So what do you guys think? I mean, clearly just listening to you, I'm a little exhausted because quite frankly, there's a lot of hustle going on here. So is that what is the success? Is that the key to success here? You guys just don't take no for an answer. You're just going to go. It's a heavy question. Uh, I used to have a shirt that my mom wouldn't let me wear and on the back, but it said hustling is the key to success. And so I think maybe from early on that was the sign, but no, um, I think it is. I think, um, take, not taking no for an answer. Um, hustling and always being willing to do what it takes because and sometimes this drives me crazy because it's like a thing of mine if like if there's stuff that needs to be done and it's holding you back and you consciously make a decision to put it off you know then you're consciously making a decision to not go after what you're trying to go after and so it has to be something that's constant you know you can only do as do so much by going in spurts you know I think Everybody at one point in their time has wanted to start their own business, run their own business, do their own thing, pursue, even if it's not business related, pursue their own passion. Um, even if it's athletes or if it's photographers or whatever it may be, mechanics, right? Like you have to make a decision where you commit yourself to that. Um, and so I think that's, that's really what it was, is, or what, it, what it is, is committing yourself. I think, you know, we, we paired that commitment, that, that unending desire to create something with an absolute commitment to transparency and to honesty. I would say that so often 
I, I try to get on with every single person that we work with. And I, I, I mean, I chat with every client at least once a month, but we meet with them and every conversation is an honest reflection of how they're doing. How can we help you? Here's my cell phone number. Call me anytime. Every single person we work with has my cell. They'll text me. They'll call me. And it's never, there's a trust there where they know that no matter what happens, they can just give me a call and we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And you're a partner in their business. And yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you, you took, took the words right out of our mouth. We say that to everybody, you know, and I know sometimes it can come off as cheesy, you know, but at, at the end, that really is, you know, and if like we've told multiple clients, like if this isn't working for you, we want you to let us know. And if we don't have a solution for you, we're not, we're not here to try and, you know, we're here for the best interest of your business. And so if that's a one phone call every three months, you just got some questions and we never even charge you for anything, then like, so be it. If that means we're working together every single day and with the ups and the downs and, you know, with some of the clients that we work with, a two or 3% dip in traffic or impressions or conversions. I mean, we'll, Chris will get a text message on Sunday morning. It's like yesterday something happened and, you know, it causes a huge change. And so if you don't have transparency, you don't have trust with someone, when those things happen, they will get rid of you and they will go find somebody else. Sure. Right. And so sure. you really have to become a partner and feel they need to feel like you're invested in their business. Or when the going gets rough, they'll just, they'll Find forget about else. you. Yeah, because there are, I mean, it's not a dime a dozen, but there are other digital marketing and, and um, I probably didn't accurately capture all that you guys do, but you do, you know, everything that you're doing in Social Hustle, there's other businesses that I could go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So, all right. So another question about this is you've, you both sound very confident and you know, you're here telling your story, but do you ever have feelings of self-doubt or even launching prepped like crap, what have we done uh, with social hustle? Any of that kind of self-doubt? Um, I def- definitely, I'll say like first, you know, you, I don't know if it's doubt as much as it's just like worry or concern and back to maybe how Chris and I balance each other out is like, and this is going to be so scary for Chris to hear is like, I will full willing, like we will go 110% like into the ground to try and get to the finish line. You know what I mean? Like to me, it's kind of like I've made the decision of like where it. we're, t- where we're going to go. And like, you know, it will blow up before it pitters out. You know what I mean? Um, and so Chris, at the same time, <laughs> when I say things like this and I suggest, you know, we go get this office space that's maybe five times bigger than we need, you know, Chris is like, ah. Like yeah, this, calm we, down we, a we little probably bit. do it with this office space, right? <laughs> and so I think it takes both because I think if both of us were to be a little bit more hesitant, we wouldn't be where we're at right now. And if both of us were to be like me, we certainly wouldn't be where we're at right now. And so, you know, it takes balance for sure. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know if it's doubt as much as just like, you know, back to the commitment thing, you know, like, are you really going to do this or not? And when, I, when we talk with business owners, we can tell with the business owners we're talking to, you know, we've come across people and we're trying to develop a partnership and they're like, I still do this and this kind of this idea that my wife had and, you know, we're, we're kind of playing with it, you know, and we're like, Hey, if you guys aren't in it, then we're, we're not in it. You know what I mean? Like we're not here to test the waters with yeah. what's going on here. Cause it's, we're going to put a lot of time and effort into this. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we'll see it. I mean, not, I would say we're really good at being able to tell if this business is going to continue to grow or stay where they're at or, or not even make it just based on, you know, the mentality of who's running it. You know, I would, I would match that with Dallin is, is, absolutely that piece of the partnership he brings passion and energy and when we're here and he's so typically Dallin works in Austin we have an office there for social hustle in Austin and when he gets to the office here Christian who runs our videography and our web development Ashley and and other members of our team here when Dallin's here the energy is different and that's because that's what he brings That's that's a key aspect of the entire dynamic of social hustle and 
I try to, you know, when it comes to me, my goal is at the end of the day, do the, do the books balance? Can I pay our staff? Do we have money left over? Are the taxes taken care of? Is payroll done? I, I try to make sure that everything is stable and level. And then Dallin runs and just carves the path for us. <laughs> and so would you, you know, if you ask me, do I get nervous? Do I feel curious if it's going to fail? <laughs> Hell yes. Yeah, yeah That's your role in this yeah, partnership. Like, I, I look at the numbers and the data every single day. I'm the one up at night and I'm sitting there with my wife and she's, you Looking know, at down transactions. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, do we really need to spend $75 on a pen for like, yeah. you know, just like, it's like, no, you don't understand. This is a sales pen. I was like, All right. I trust you. Um, and anybody who says that they're not, you know, an entrepreneur and they don't worry about it is lying. It, it's scary. Entrepreneurism is scary, but it really does come down to deciding, are you in or you're out? And there are nights when, You'll see a cancellation come in. You'll see, you know, somebody who who pauses, or you'll see bad news come in, and you're like, "Why? Is what this, happened? What did I do? Mm-hmm. Or is it still worth it?" And that's when you have to fall back on the prior commitment that you're going to do whatever it takes. I think as well with that. Now that we have employees at both companies, it's even more so that uh, you know if I can't allow myself those thoughts. Because I now have people that are counting on me. I'm providing for families. I'm providing for children. I, you know, we're providing for people. And that just encourages me to say, instead of worrying how it's going to work out, I just have to figure out how we're going to make it work. Yeah. yeah. As Chris said before the call that he's expecting a baby in two months. Like, I feel like I'm having a baby in two months. <laughs> I don't have any kids. I'm not married. But I, I feel very responsible for the well-being of this child. You know, and like I could make decisions that affect this child where this child goes to college yes, you know? it's, time to, it's time to take this a little more seriously yeah, like I, no, I, no it's 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 helpful i mean you're exactly right when you have employees and and family and you know it's a totally different ball game than when you it's a side hustle well yeah. i have a big grin on my face that you all can't see because it's clear that the two of you are good partners like you very well complement each other and i think that there's so many things we can learn from this is to be able to surround yourself with individuals who bring out the best of you i think does take you to that next level where sometimes we alone, especially as solopreneurs, you know, talk ourselves out of stuff because of fear and doubt and all of that other. To have somebody pushing and be the driver, clearly in this relationship, it's been uh, a recipe for success. Yeah, thank you. good. Thank you. I agree with all that. All right, so what kind of advice would you guys have for anybody who's considering self-employment, being an entrepreneur, putting themselves out there? So again, I think I, I, I've answered most of your questions with, with two different solutions, but when a lot of my friends or my family or just associates ask, how did you do it? How did you make it work? Um, a lot of it just starts with a really clear vision and, and more so than that, a really clear just definition of who you are, staying true to the things that you believe and the things that you want to deliver. From the very beginning, um, whenever I've worked, I've, just, I've always had an opinion and a belief and a commitment that I would just take care of people. I would just do whatever it took to make sure at the end of the day that they they felt like I cared about them and that I treated them with the respect that they deserved. And so it took, it took years for us to get this to where it is. And we did that through every single relationship that we formed, every partnership we formed. We took care, we delivered on what we promised. And you know, I you always hear the over-deliver, over, you know, over-deliver, over-deliver. It's like, I, I don't believe that it's over-delivering. You know, I just ensure that everything I said I was going to do, I get done. And then I find ways to do a little bit more, 
to make sure that they're taken care of. And it's and for me, it's been that piece. In addition to that, it takes time. I think that's the other thing that um, entrepreneurs or potential entrepreneurs don't realize is that there is a ton of planning that goes in. There's a ton of time and effort that goes in behind the scenes. Um, Christian, who, who was helping us on prep, he was pulling multiple hundred hour um, uh, weeks. Like he was working 16 hour days on on top of what we were putting in. It takes time, it takes effort, it takes grit. And that's how that's really how you start a company is through dedication, through time, through effort, and just understanding what you want to accomplish. But it doesn't happen at once. You know, for Dallin and I, it started with a simple question of will you work for free on an on a dream, on a vision. And that grew into everything around us. I, I love so much about what you said and especially that it takes years, it takes time, it takes dedication. I think so many of us, the word entrepreneur can kind of be sexy and because we see what we think is an overnight success and there's such a story behind it that we don't know. And this is a great example of that. All of the time and energy and everything that's happening in the background, nobody really understands. They might look at Social Hustle or Prepped and see how successful it is, but there's a lot of work that it, that it takes to create what you created. And so don't give up on the grind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you want to add anything? Uh, what was the question? What, would you, what advice would you give to anyone who was looking for self-employment? Oh, um, I would say just make sure it's something that you will love to do, right? Um, so I think that's the key. And it allows you, you know, maybe even, this is some advice I just very recently gave my little brothers, maybe you don't even like your job or what you're doing, but it provides you the means to live a life that you want, right? There's nothing wrong with working an eight to five, jo eight to five job. If you love being home at six o'clock every night, you want to go camping on the weekends, you know, you want to make sure you have stability for your kids, you have money you can put away to send your kids to college, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So if the life that you want to live is that, then, you know, that is perfect for you. If you want to have something where, you know, you work more often, you have less time with family, you have less time, you know, out, out in the wilderness. <laughs> I think people think entrepreneurs sometimes have more free time. In reality, it's like you just don't ever have free time. Right, exactly. Right? You know, it's like, no, you, yeah, I may be doing something right now, but I'm like sending emails on my phone at the same time. Yeah, you know? right. And so, um, and it's you always know, on your mind. Yeah, exactly. And so it just kind of depends on the person that you are. And so if you want to be an entrepreneur for the right reasons and it's going to allow you the life that you want to live and would be happy with, then I think at that point, it should be an easy it's decision. Worth it. Yeah. So what's the future for you guys? Do you have other businesses in the works? Anything you want to share with the listeners? Um, no, nothing else that we want to share. <laughs> but stay um, tuned. Yeah, we're just going to really focus on continuing to, go, to grow, prepped. Um, you know, Social Hustle, we're trying to grow as well. We're trying to get a new office for Social Hustle. Um, as it grows, it will allow us to take on larger business ideas, I think. You know, right now, um, it's the perfect company for starting a prep in Idaho Falls. If we wanted to start something that was like more nationwide or a bigger company, I could probably be smart for us to have a little bit of a bigger uh, of a bigger team, a social hustle. And so I think we had social hustle to a point where we're near probably 60 or 70 percent of the where we want to be as far as, the, you know, employee count and things like that. So we'll grow a little bit more there. And then, you know, prepped, we would love to open up uh, a prepped in Rexburg, maybe even towards Pocatello, you know, just extend our delivery range. So I think right now we've got some you know, some pretty hearty goals in front of us. Yeah. Um, and that's really what we're staying focused on. I mean, I, I sometimes, I don't want to get too worried about, you know, what else when I think we have a lot of time that we really could dedicate and what we have. Right. We've got two great recipes yep. that if we could continue to nurture, you know, make we them can, work. yeah, we can make them work. Yeah, so. it's great. All right, guys, anything else before I let you go? Thank you oh, so much. Thank you. It's, it's Honestly, great to be on we, here. I don't think Chris and I have ever even had this conversation. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like we like we've lived it. And so I, we've never really talked about it before. And so it's cool. I mean, Chris has reminded me of some things that happened. Like 
I'm, I'm pumped right now. I'm ready. I'm headed yeah. back down to prepped. I'm, I'm like going to load up the, the van with meals that we have for prepped. And I'm driving into businesses in Idle Falls today and like literally just trying to sell meals. And so I'm hyped about it. I'm back to door-to-door sales. <laughs> it's, you know, I would, I would add one note that if it's possible, find somebody that believes in it as much as you. Having a partner for me is the single most valuable piece of this entire journey. I've had somebody who, when I struggle, when I'm doubting, when I need help, he's had my back 100% and I've never once doubted it. I have learned more from Dallin than I have anybody else in my entire life. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I mean that, you know, buddy. They're doing like, a little bro hug right now, you guys. You know, having, <laughs> having someone on your team who is as committed as you are is an invaluable asset. And so if you have the opportunity to bring on a partner, you have an opportunity to find somebody that's that committed, take them and run with it together. You certainly need to bounce ideas off people. And, you know, that we have, we work with a few people. I think of, you know, I won't say Brian, but his last name, it's just him. He doesn't have a partner with his business. And I can, I feel like he's kind of all over the place sometimes. Yeah. And I think it's because he doesn't have someone to kind of help guide where you Focus should go. Yeah. You end up trying to do new things. And so Chris and I both, I sometimes have an idea that's way over here. He has an idea that's way over here. And we end up, you know, actually on, on the right path. So yeah, partner is, is a fantastic piece of advice. Well, you guys are great examples of that. I'm not sure everybody has that same journey when they are in partnership, but you two, definitely a good mix. So thank you so much yeah. for your time today. It's thank been you. fun to see both of you and your ideas and your energy and your enthusiasm for business. It gives me a shot in the arm as you know a more seasoned business owner. Yeah. Like it's exciting for me. So thank you so much. Thanks for providing East Idaho with fresh and healthy meals and convenient. And I'm telling you, you know, I'm going to be one of your best customers. Sweet. So just oh, so no. you know, um, I may, I may never, I may never cook again. This is just going to be. I'm just going to yeah, make that announcement right now. I don't see that as right a problem. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's good for business. Yeah. Well, good luck too with social hustle, and thank you for helping grow other businesses through that. So, guys, appreciate you. Keep it going. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. As a reminder, this show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair with locations in Idaho Falls and Rexburg. We were just chosen by the Post Register's Reader's Choice as the best mechanic for the third year in a row, guys. So if you haven't had the chance to have our family help your family with your automotive repair needs, please come and see us and we'll take good care of you. So stay tuned now for the Business Leadership Moment. It's now time for a Business Leadership Moment on East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Thanks for staying for the Business Leadership Moment. This segment is brought to you by RiseCon. RiseCon is the East Idaho Business Conference held every November, and they're going to be gearing up for that event, so be looking for information. They also have a sister event called RiseX, which is held monthly. You can find out more information about both of these by visiting risecon.com or rise.io, and don't forget that Rise is spelled with a Z. Hey, today, guys, I want to talk to you about kindness, and I think our world could use a little more kindness every now and then. We've certainly seen it with um, things that have happened um, in our society lately. COVID has brought out the very best and the very worst in people, and the diversity issues that we've been having have brought out the very best and the the very worst. So I was um, scrolling through my emails this morning, and I found... 
a message from Darren Hardy, who's a, a successful leader and that I follow. And he talked about this story that happened to Bill Gates, and I wanted to share it with you. So apparently one time uh, back in the day when Bill was not the richest man, um, he was traveling through the New York airport and he was he needed a newspaper. So he went to the newspaper vendor to buy one and he found he did not have enough change for it. So he returned the paper and said, sorry, I don't have enough change. And the vendor said, you know what, it's okay. Um, go ahead and just take that. And Bill was very grateful and took it and thought about, you know, this man and really his humble circumstances and that he was willing to give him this paper. Um, but he it just so happened that several months later he was traveling and the same thing happened. So he went to get a newspaper. He didn't have enough change and it was the same vendor. And um, he went to put the paper back and the vendor's like, no, it's okay. You know, I'll go ahead and give you this. And <laughs> although Bill protested, he, 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 he took it eventually. And so he never really forgot about this man. And it, he found himself actually 19 years later being the wealthiest man in in the in America or the world, whatever it was, and he had thought about this gentleman and his kindness towards him um, when he w himself was in pretty humble circumstances. So he found him. He said it took him, you know, like a month and a half or or so to find him, but he found him. And he asked the guy, you know, do you know who I am? And the guy's like, yeah, you're Bill Gates. And he said, do you remember that you helped me out? Um, you, you know, you gave me a newspaper. And he said, yeah, I remember I did that twice. So he completely remembered this particular situation. And um, Bill said, I well, I'm so grateful to you for showing me that kindness and I want to repay you. So, you know, is there anything, what what could I do? What What would you like me to help you with? What can I do for you? you know, whatever you ask for, I'm happy to help. And um, in their conversation, this newspaper vendor shared with Bill in a kind way, I'm sure, but basically said, you know, I don't think that this is actually going to um, repay the help that I gave you like you think it is. And he, you know, he's like, well, why? And he said, well, because I, you know, I, I was a poor newspaper vendor. I probably, I had like nothing. And um, when I had nothing, I gave you everything basically that I had, and now you're the richest man in the world and you're willing to give me something. And it's just, you can't really match that, right? Because I, I was willing to give when I had nothing. You have everything and now you're willing to give. And so it was a real lesson for him to learn about how, um, he, you don't have to wait to become the richest man in order to help somebody else. And that the truly rich are those who possess a kind heart rather than lots of money. So it was fascinating to me, and I was thinking about that, and I'm wondering if wealth is measured in kindness towards others, how wealthy would I be? How rich would I be if it was measured in kindness towards others? And if wealth equals kindness, really, if wealth equals kindness which I really believe that it does, wealth in a whole different way. But still, if I even converted that to a financial type of a thinking, what am I willing to do? How creative or innovative or how consistent would I work to build that wealth? And I thought it was a fun mindset change on the way we treat other people. And to be truly rich, we need to have a kind heart 
and even when we have nothing, to be willing to give whatever it is just because we love our fellow humans. Um, and that's what that's what the lesson was with this newspaper vendor. It was really he 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 had a compassion and kindness towards other people as fellow humans and was willing to help when really he, there was nothing for him to gain from it, and it was just out of the kindness of his heart. So I think it is a good challenge for us all to think about how we can build our wealth today by delivering kindness, and in what ways are we going to do that? Uh, it really doesn't it, – it, it's easy. Well, it's simple, but sometimes it's not easy. Uh, and this world needs a little bit more kindness to net right now, you guys. So let's be the example of that as leaders in our community, in our homes, wherever that is, and build our wealth today by delivering kindness. Okay, we will. Uh, I hope you guys have a great week, and we'll be back next week with some more excellent content. So we'll see you then. Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneur's Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair. For all your car care needs in eastern Idaho, let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com